welcome to this week's episode of the Dad Improvement Podcast. I am your host, Sean Collarin, and this week we're going to be talking about my favorite, which is finances, but there's a twist to it, which makes it my least favorite, which is finance traps that we tend to fall into. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I'm perfect. I got six of these traps that we tend to fall into, and five of them I have found myself in. I know that I'm making the wrong choices when I fall into these traps, and I still fall into them. That is how easy it is to get carried away with your finances. What we need to do is we need to educate ourselves and we need to learn about these traps so that we can see the writing on the wall when a car salesman is trying to sell us a more expensive car than we had planned on by saying they can keep your monthly payment at a certain price. But in reality, he's just extending your loan from either three to five years or five to seven years. We need to be able to see that so that we don't fall into these kind of traps. So without further ado, let's get right into it. Number one trap that I myself have fallen into on more than one occasions, it is not a hard thing to do, and it is making a large purchase on your credit card thinking that you have the money in the bank, so, you know, just make that large purchase and you'll pay it off in the next month or two months and... You can get all your cashback rewards or flight points or whatever it is that you think you're going to get out of using your credit card instead of actual cash. Now, let me tell you, this sounds like a good idea. You can get rewards from your credit card companies or you can get points that can go towards a flight. And that is all well and good. And you should take advantage of that if you have the capability to do so. But sometimes, like myself... We bought new flooring for the addition in our house. The flooring was like $5,000. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to put that on my credit card. We had the money put aside for the floor. But I said, I'll just use my credit card. And that way, we can leave that money in the bank to, you know, make money uh, for another extra month or two in that high-yield savings account as opposed to um, paying it down on the credit card. Well, right there already, bad idea. Because if you go over and you get charged the interest on your credit card... The interest is in between 20 and 26% anyway, so the 5% that you made in your high-yield savings account is now null and voided, and you've actually lost money on the whole transaction. So clearly, this is a bad idea. But really, why this is a trap is because after I had made that purchase on my credit card, my truck decided that it was going to die. So I had to go out and get a new vehicle. So now, I had to spend that $5,000 as a down payment on a new vehicle. Of course, I could have gone with a cheaper vehicle. I didn't have to get myself into this situation, yada, yada, yada. But I wanted a nice truck. I wanted to be able to drive my family around in it. We did have the money. So I took that five grand and put it as a down payment. So now I'm just paying back month after month of that five grand on my credit card. So you can see how easy it is to get caught up in that trap. If anything happens in between you spending the large amount of money on your credit card and you paying it back, you are screwed. While we're on the topic of vehicles, let's get into number two, which is making a large purchase based on the monthly payment and not the lump sum. This is something that we do very often with vehicles because you have to take a loan out most of the time. Some people pay cash. But for most of us, we're taking a loan out for our car. 
And what ends up happening is you walk into a dealership, they ask you how much you want to spend, and you try to tell them, oh, I want to buy a vehicle for 20 grand or 25, 30, whatever it is, wherever your price range is. What they ask is how much are you comfortable paying a month? Now, here is what happens. They take that monthly payment and they make it work for whatever the most expensive vehicle they can sell you. So you went in there thinking, I'm going to spend 25 grand on a vehicle. And that breaks down to whatever, $250 a month, say, for five years. What happens is they say, $250 a month? Perfect. I can put you in this car over there for $250 a month. Now, you are agreeable because this is a nicer car than you thought you could afford. You go, hey, actually, you know, no, that's pretty good. That's more than I thought I was going to get for 25 grand. This is great. They get you into it. The first bill comes and you realize that it's not a three-year loan or a five-year loan. It's a seven-year loan. They have just extended the loan so that they could keep that monthly payment at $250. But by the time the seven years is over, you've spent 45 grand on that vehicle when you went in saying you only wanted to spend 25. Number three is store credit cards. Come on, man. Regular credit cards are bad enough. We shouldn't be using them if we don't have to. But store credit cards? How could it get any worse? Now you have a credit card that you just use at one store. Oh, and they give you like 5% cash back. So guess what? You got to go back to that store and use the credit card again. And I know they're going to give you the six months interest free. How many of you actually pay back that money in the six months? No, you get whacked with an even higher interest rate than you would on a normal credit card. So it makes up for the six months of interest free that they gave you. They were so nice to give you that six months free. And then they whack you with another one a little bit later. For number four, this is kind of a fun one, if you can believe it. Uh, It's called lifestyle creep. And basically what happens is you get some sort of a bonus or um, a pay raise at work. And what happens is, because you're making more money, you now feel like you can go spend more money. So you had the beater car that you were driving to and from work, but you got a little raise at work. So you go, hey, you know what? I'm going to go out and buy that nice car. So you do. So the extra money you started making just goes towards the car instead of anything else. So your lifestyle, other than that car, has not changed. It's not like you actually started making more money You just have a nicer car to drive back and forth to work. And this can be with anything. It can be new clothes, going out to nicer restaurants, getting that new apartment, luxury condo, house, addition, all those things. If it's not something that you're actively seeking out, it's just lifestyle creep. You said, hey, I have more money, so I'm going to spend more money, is all it really is. It's just money burning a hole in your pocket. As fast as it can come in, goes right back out. Now, number five here is the only one that I haven't found myself falling into as a trap. And it's not to say that I didn't try. It's just that I have a wife who is smart enough to keep me from falling into this trap. And that is buying a house that's too expensive, making yourself house poor. A lot of times, a bank will take a look at your income statements and say you are pre-approved for a certain amount of money to spend on a house. And what they do is they give you a number that is like 
the max number that you can use. But everyone goes out and they spend that much money. Let's just say, okay, you're pre-approved for $300,000. So you think, cool, I got to go out there and spend $300,000. What you don't take into account is the fact that you are tied to this mortgage for 30 years. So if you don't make any more income, you're at a pretty steady job that doesn't keep going up and up in pay, then you are going to be living paycheck to paycheck for 30 years. If the majority of your money is going towards your mortgage and your home, then you are stuck. You are stuck in that trap. I know that everybody talks about what a great investment homes can be. You're putting money in and eventually it's going to build equity and you're going to have all kinds of money coming back to you. The only thing is, the only way to get the equity out of your house is to either take out a loan or sell your house. And the loan is just, it's a regular loan. It's just based on the equity that's in your house. You still have to pay it back. It's not free money. And if you sell your house, you have to find somewhere else to live. Yes, it can be a great investment, but you have to run your numbers. You have to make sure it is a great investment for you. When we moved into our house, I was looking at houses far more expensive than the one that we moved into. Luckily, my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, said, if we're going to go in on this together, I want a buffer. I want to be able to still have some money left over. So we ended up spending about $100,000 less than what we were approved for. And in the long run, it has been our saving grace. It has been the greatest thing because that extra money that we would have been putting towards our home, we've been able to save up and we can use for an addition or we can use for our son or for vacation or for investing. All this little bit of extra money would have been spent on the house had we spent more money buying a house in the first place. So don't get me wrong. I'm not saying don't go out and buy a house. If it makes sense for you to buy a house and it is within your reach financially, go ahead. You can buy that house. Just be careful of the keeping up with the Joneses mentality. You don't want to be house poor and all your money just goes into your home. The last trap that I have here is not investing or thinking that you don't make enough money to invest. See, if I could go back in time to 18-year-old me and teach them what I know now, I would be much better off right now because I didn't really start investing any good amount of money until I was well into my 30s. So if I had started at 18, I would have a lot more money in my investment account right now. And that's the thing is you just want to start early. It can be 10, 20 bucks a week, a month. The earlier you start, the longer your money has to invest. The more time in market, the better off you're going to be. Now, this does not have to be difficult. You don't have to be sitting around with four monitors around you watching tickers and looking at graphs and buying and selling every day. You can just simply invest in some sort of a total market index fund, just a low-fee index fund, something like the S&P 500, and just watch your money grow over time. You never have to look at it. There's no buying or selling daily. It's just buy once and hold. 
and just watch. Just watch as the stock market, it's going to go up and down, but over the lifetime, it's going to rise. If you leave it in there long enough, it's going to go up. Don't get worried if it dips way down. It'll come back. For most of us, we have time on our side. If you're already into retirement age, then yes, you have to be a little more careful with your money. But if you're my age, if you're 35, you got another 30 years before you even have to worry about this money. So it's probably going to crash, I don't know, three, four, five more times in the next 30 years. But I'm not going to worry about it because it'll come back. It always does. And it'll go higher than it was before. So there you go. There's the six finance traps that I find most of us seem to fall into. And again, I am no stranger to these. I have fallen into all of these traps. The only one, like I say, I didn't was buying a house that was too much money because my wife at the time was smart enough to reel me in and make sure that I stayed on course and saved a little money so that we could do other things other than just buying a house. So for homework this week, I just want to hear from you guys. Are there any traps that I missed? Is there anything that you've done wrong with your finance life that you wish you had done differently and wish that you could warn others about? Uh, So there'll be a question at the bottom of this podcast. Just feel free, answer that. It's just going to be about if you guys have uh, run into any finance traps on your own. And as always, remember, improvement over perfection.